Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today, Anne-Marie Black, and she is one of our recent Idol success stories. And I brought Anne-Marie on here today to share her full story and how she made the transition to become an instructional designer. Anne-Marie, will you do a better job of introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, of course. Hello, Robin. Hi, everybody. So I started off as a teacher. I like so many idols um, that I know. It wasn't necessarily a lifelong dream. It just kind of, my mom was a teacher and I just started, I wanted to try it out and I liked it. And I feel like I was a really good teacher. But what I started doing is, so I was a teacher in in a private school at a Waldorf school, actually. And in this type of school, uh, the teachers are also asked to participate in like the running of the school in the administration. And so on the committee that I was on, I actually started working with the professional development of my colleagues, kind of helping people find resources and in a way doing kind of training. And it turns out that I actually really enjoyed it and did more and more of that work until they wanted me to spend more hours doing that than I was in the classroom. And so for me, it was a very slow transition into training and instructional design. Yeah, I really, really liked it, liked what I was doing, but it was was all very hard copy paper or standing up in front of people and and presenting an idea or having a conversation with a group of people. There wasn't really this e-learning element to it until, and you guys probably know what I'm going to say, until COVID happened. And at that point, of course, like everybody, we went 100% remote and I was still wanting to get this information to my teachers and teachers assistants and board members and all these people I was working with. So I had to, I had to learn new tools and I had to explore out of the box ideas that I hadn't before. And I loved it. I had so much fun teaching my teachers how to use Google Classroom and teaching them how to use Zoom and making little videos for them. And so I thought, hey, what if I what if I stepped out of the classroom entirely and started doing this? And that's when I started researching and that's when I found Idle. And yeah, that's kind of where my story starts in instructional design. Oh my gosh, Amory, this sounds so similar to my own story where they just (laughs) tasked me with basically putting everything online. And then I was like, how can I do this full time? Is this a job? Is that kind of how it was? It's like, yeah, that's that's exactly how it was. I, I was loving it. And then I just, I think in the process of researching things like, oh, how do I train people remotely? How do, you know, how do I do this? The instructional design just kept coming up as like a job that people just, that's what they do. And so, yeah, I wanted to learn as much about it as possible. Okay. So how long did you do your research and then which cohort did you sign up with? I really started researching all through like most of the year 2020 because I was just scrambling to find tools that were going to work for what I needed. And again, instructional design just kept coming up. And then at the end of 
let's see, it would have been spring of 2021. I was just, I was so ready to dive in. And so I made the leap and I said, I'm going to leave my teaching position, even though I don't have a job, which was very, very scary. (laughs) But I knew I wanted to do instructional design and I felt like I was really ready. And so I thought so, but since I was leaving my job, it also meant that I probably had to move. So I decided to move back in with my parents. So that was the end of June of 2021. And I thought about, I was like, should I join cohort seven that was starting that summer? And I was just, I was too scared. I was like, you know what, like I'm moving and I I think this is what I want to do, but you know, who knows for sure. And so I didn't do it. And I actually wrote to Robin. I was like, I don't know what I should do. I'm moving. What should I do? And you said, you said, wait, like give it a bit. And it was totally the right decision because I was able to move to Southern, back to Southern California and just take the summer to take a breath from that crazy year that I had had, kind of get all my ducks in a row, do some more exploring. And then I really dived in. Um, I think it would have been cohort eight. So it would have been the fall of um, 2021. And I was so ready. I was like, I think when enrollment opened, I was like, okay, where are the courses? <laughs> I want to start taking it right now. But I was so ready. Oh, so you so you just finished. I mean, you were like basically almost our last cohort because we are just, we just finished cohort nine. Mm-hmm. All right. So you did it. You got settled in. And oh my gosh, moving is such a chore. I moved last year and I swear I'll never move again. Like I'll just, <laughs> I'll just put add-ons into my house. So I never have to right. move again if I have to. <laughs> So I, I I understand completely why you would wait and, and see that oh that is a good decision because moving is stressful enough and yeah. then like you know like the top stresses in our life are like moving changing right. jobs like why come back it just, it, it just allowed me to really focus on it like when I did sign up and I was in in the cohort I could focus all my attention on it and that was that was what I wanted. Okay, so th- we finally opened up class because, yeah, we basically make you wait two weeks <laughs> before everything opens up. And then so class starts. So what were kind of your initial feelings? Your what did you do first? How did you approach it? I'm always curious. Yeah, well, I actually, like I said, I really wanted to start and the only thing that was open was the beyond like module. And so I went all the way through beyond because I was just like, I'm going to learn something and start. <laughs> so I was just like that week. That's all I did. And I absolutely loved it. It's such an amazing tool. And I was just so excited to get into the meet. So at the time I was actually subbing and that first week that the, that the cohort actually opened, I had like the most subbing hours that I had for like the entire fall. It was so frustrating because I was like, I, this is what I want to be working on. But you know, I was so excited about it that I just like found the time and working through do it messy was scary because I don't have a big graphic design background. So I feel like that's kind of one of the things that I'm always looking at my work and saying, does it look right? You know, how do, how do I change it? Maybe I know it doesn't look right, but I don't know how to make it better. So do it messy was scary for me, but having the feedback of the community was absolutely invaluable. All of my assets were so much better after reaching out to the community and getting their feedback. It was just like across the board that helped so much. Yeah. And then at the end of do it messy, I really started just applying for jobs super consistently 
yeah, I, I hit it really hard <laughs> every day. I was applying for like multiple jobs. So did you, did you actually just do, do it messy? And then you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just start applying. Yeah, that's really where I was. So I had broken up into in my day. And I feel like this was advice from the Academy. I can't remember where, but I put down like all the things that I wanted to get done in my day. So it was like new, like new work on assets and working on my LinkedIn, applying to jobs and then like um, refreshing or adding feedback from assets that I had already submitted. So there was like four or five things and I kind of broke up my day and I was like, okay, I'm going to spend two hours doing this and then half an hour doing this and half an hour. And um, so every day I kind of had this process where I was either learning something new or working on something new from the academy. So I kept working through it while I was applying, but I definitely spent time every day making sure I was applying to jobs. And working on my LinkedIn as well. Now, when you say working on your LinkedIn, are you talking about updating your profile or are you talking about building your network? A little bit of both. I mean, in the beginning, it was definitely more towards getting it up to that level that you talk about in the academy. But after I felt like it was kind of in a good place, it was networking and trying to think of posts and just communicating with people. Yeah, just trying to have a presence on LinkedIn. Okay, and so you are... I mean, you're just applying as much as you can, which so much of it is that game. So right. <laughs> I don't care what people say. And so, <laughs> so do you think that you started applying like probably like the third, four week, fourth week of the academy or? Yeah, just about then. And tell us what and it, it went up and down. Sometimes it was like 10, 15 in a day. And sometimes it was just a couple. Yeah. And so when did you start getting interviews? Was it almost right away or? Um, I probably started getting interviews or at least I definitely started getting recruiter calls like the middle to late uh, part of October. I started getting a lot of recruiter calls. I started getting people reaching out to me, like recruiters reading, reaching out to me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that was very exciting. And started really interviewing probably in November. Mm-hmm. That's about on track, isn't it? That's like what it looks <laughs> like, isn't it? So it's like you started in September, October, you started getting the reach outs. November, you started mm-hmm. doing interviews. Okay. Yep. So how many of these interviews did you do? Can you remember? Oh gosh. I don't know that I can remember. It was, there were so many and they all kind of blended together. Yeah. I had before each one, I had to be like, okay, who am I talking to? And what is this job about? But I definitely like had, I had a ton of recruiter calls. Like I didn't keep track of those, but I definitely had a few, I had like three or four interviews that had like, I was several like interviews in, mm-hmm. like, I think I had like three companies that I got to a third interview with them. And then I had, I had a whole bunch of like first interviews, but God, I don't know. I probably talked to like 20 different people, 20 different companies. I don't know, like all together. So I was very busy. Do you feel like you got better as the interviews went on? Or do you think you just kind of got closer to the type of job that you wanted? Or what did that? I definitely think I got better. I mean, I think I got better at interviewing because you kind of tend to anticipate the questions they're going to ask. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think I got better at interviewing. Okay. So you are down to third interviews with three companies. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Actually, I had, um, 
it's kind of was kind of a bad experience. I think with two different companies that I had gotten to like the third interview and one of them, I'd gotten to the third interview and done like, like an assignment with them. And I thought they were great. I was like, for sure, I'm going to get this job. I really clicked with the people. I, I just feel like it was amazing. And I heard nothing, Wow, nothing back. And I, I reached, I did the whole, like, thank you for sitting down with me. You know, here's a thank you email, contact me. If you have any questions, that whole thing, didn't hear anything. And then like two weeks later, they sent me like a survey, like how did our, how was our interview process for you? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, not very good, (laughs) but it happened twice that I got to like the third round and didn't hear anything back. So that was pretty frustrating, but yeah. And then of course the other one that I had interviewed and got to the third round, they did get back to me and were like, actually we're going to pivot and we're not hiring an instructional designer. We're going to do something else, but we're going to keep you in our records and we'll reach out again when we do open this role back up. So I took a break for the holidays and didn't really do a lot of applying. I just finished up interviews that I already had scheduled. And then my goal was starting the beginning of January. I was going to get back to like really applying and really interviewing So the first week of January, I had like several interviews scheduled. And then I got an email from one of the places I had interviewed in December saying, can we talk, can I talk to you later today? Let's schedule a time. And I kind of felt it in the back of my mind. I was like, I feel like they're going to offer me something, but I had like three interviews that day. So I didn't really think about it, but yeah. So I had a phone call with them in the afternoon and they offered me a position and it was really, really exciting. Wait a minute. So this is one of the three <laughs> companies that got you to a third interview. They said no, no, no. This is, nothing. This is a company I just had one interview with. Oh. And it was like, they, they, they said, you know, thank you. We're still, we're still looking. We're still interviewing. We'll let you know. And then that was in December and I didn't hear anything until January, but yeah. So it was very exciting. They didn't even make you do a second interview. They didn't make nope. you do a project. Nope. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that was all, a these surprise. People, all these other people like, you know, kind of jerking you around the three. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. And this other company, they knew in one interview that you were mm-hmm. the one for them. That's right. That's wild. Okay. So tell us about it. Tell us about, I mean, as much as you feel comfortable, tell us about like your job, yeah. the company. What you doing? Yeah. Oh my gosh, of course. So the company is Over J Consulting and we are a consulting firm. Our client is in the utilities space and they're a really big player in the utility space. So we have lots of different contracts with them. And Over J is trying to kind of grow their instructional design branch. And so they had someone that was a contract and then she ended up leaving. And so they decided that they wanted a full-time instructional designer. And so that's where they brought me on. So I've been working with our client and I've had to learn a whole lot about engineering because I didn't know anything about engineering. (laughs) But um, so I really had to immerse myself in this kind of new content, new material. And I've been doing a few kickoff meetings with our client and talking about what they want and how I can solve their problems. And I've actually created a couple of courses already and they're really pleased with my work. So it's a really good feeling. 
Oh my gosh. So Emery, you are working at a consulting firm as the only consultant in instructional design in yes. online learning. Is that <laughs> what you're it. telling me? That you're their first yes. hire? I am. Yep. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's wild. I, so basically you have to be the unicorn. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I'm doing everything. But the client has been so pleased with the work I've been producing that they're starting to give us more projects, more contracts. And so my boss is saying, um, we need more instructional designers. And so I've been interviewing for new instructional designers. And I've been asked to participate in building this team from the ground up, basically. So yeah, that's kind of my, that's my job right now. It's very cool. Did you post it to the Academy members? I'm just curious. I did. I did. And I actually got a couple of people. Um, The thing is, because we're such a growing company and we're still kind of getting all of our ducks in a row, we want everybody to be in person. Oh, So yeah, it's, it's limited to people who are willing to come to downtown LA. I think I, I would have gotten more people from the Academy if that wasn't the case, but I did get a couple of people interested. How fun. So now you're already on the other side of the table, which sounds like you might mm-hmm. even end up in a leadership position pretty soon. Yes. I'm, I think that's what's going to happen. And it's really interesting being the uh, interviewer all of a sudden, <laughs> interviewing all these people. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a, a crazy couple of months. It's, that's so wild. And I bet you're doing d- things differently just based on your own experiences, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I am. And I, it's, I feel like I want to be very compassionate interviewer. I'm like, we need to make sure we get back to these people right away. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless of the answer. Yeah. No ghosting people. You exact, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to like being the change you want to see that. I just love this. Anne Marie, this is, this is incredible. And I mean, you really kind of had a leadership role before. So really, I mean, Mm -hmm. It's not that surprising, but it is pretty cool to think you transitioned to a new field and all that experience you had kind of in that leadership role in your, you know, as a teacher has now just shined through and that's where you're headed right now. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what are some of the things that you learned that you want to share with other idols about any part of this process that you're like, This was a game changer for me. I think just do it. Like the whole do it messy thing is so true. Like you just have to dive in and get it done. And your first interview is not going to be perfect. It might not even be good, but your next interview, your third, your fourth, your fifth interview, you're going to get better. You're going to get more used to it. Just start applying to jobs. One of the things that really spoke to me was the idea that when you see a job posting, that is their wish list. And if you don't have every single item on that list, like you should still apply if you feel like you'd be a good fit. Yeah, I think that's really important. (laughs) The other thing I would say is, yeah, just trust yourself and believe in your own worth. When I originally got offered this position, I was like, should I try and negotiate the salary? Like I was really, really scared about that. And I did. (laughs) And I was so glad that I did. Because I really, I don't know, I just think it's a, it's a part of that I'm worth it kind of mindset and saying, yeah, I know what I deserve and I'm, I'm going to produce this level of work and to be confident in that is so important. 
Now, one thing I hear from people that come out of teaching, and I know you're in a private school, Anne-Marie, but that come out of teaching in California is they make about the same as instructional designers. Was that kind of the case for you? Like, was it kind of a lateral move as far as salary goes, or did you actually get an increase? Well, so I, like I said, private school and private school teachers usually make less than public, but I actually doubled my salary. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty pleased about it. I love it. And I love that you said that it's like a, a wish list and even, and you even got third round interviews and you took a little break, right? But you didn't mm-hmm. give up. And it was almost like right when you gave yourself the space that mm-hmm. you got that phone call. Yes, that's so true. It was like you walked all the way up to the edge. <laughs> and that's, that's when you got swooped up. Yeah, that's it. This is just so inspiring, Amory. And so what is, um, do you have any best and final advice for our idols? Do the Academy, even if you're listening to this and you're kind of thinking about it, I found it such an amazing investment in not only the time that I was actively working through it during the do it messy and during the fall in the, in the cohort. But even now, if I have a question about something or if, you know, just if I want to reach out to other instructional designers, it is an invaluable community. It's an invaluable tool. I was really excited about the gamification conference that that Idol just had, because that's something that I'm really interested in. And so even though I'm not in the current cohort, that was still something I was able to um, get information from and learn a bit more from. And I talked to everybody about the Idol Academy. It was, it was such an amazing decision for me. Yeah. And I, I love that you do this podcast after I'd moved from Southern to Southern California. And I was thinking about instructional design and thinking about doing the Academy. I would listen to this podcast, like at the gym, and I would listen to all these people and their success stories. And I would try and compare it to my own life. And I was like, well, I, that doesn't quite match up for me or I'm a little different. But whoever you are, if you put the work in and if you learn from the academy and depend on your mentors and your community, I definitely think that you can do it and you should believe in yourself. That's it. I mean, that is, it's not even a secret anymore, is it? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like reach out when you get stuck and do the work. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. do the work and then reach out again when you get stuck. And that's the formula. And I just thank you so much, Amaria. I just really appreciate you sharing your story. I am just thrilled for you that they already see your leadership potential and you are going to own your own team. And I just think that's so exciting. And um, I'm just so happy to be a part of it. So thank you so much for coming and sharing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.